So I think, uh, I think struggle is a, is a funny sounding word, even more so when it's part of the, the modern colloquialism struggle bus. Uh, have, y'all, have y'all heard that, that phrase before, struggle bus? Well, the kids are saying it these days uh, to refer to circumstances that are, that are especially difficult or frustrating. Uh, we'll come back to the struggle bus in a bit. But on its own, uh, Merriam-Webster defines the word struggle this way, to proceed with difficulty or with great effort. And if you think about it, uh, don't, don't so many of the, the most precious things in life, I mean, uh, the things that we value the most, don't the most important and worthy things uh, require struggle in this sense to proceed with difficulty or with great effort. Mastering a skill, for example, uh, is difficult and requires great effort. Getting an education is difficult and requires great effort. Maintaining um, a healthy relationship like a marriage is difficult and requires great effort. Raising kids is difficult and requires great effort. But all of these things are among the most precious and important things in our lives. A few weeks ago, uh, my oldest son and I completed an 11-day, 10-night trek in the backcountry of northern New Mexico. I've written about that in my uh, past couple of columns. Philmont was absolutely a struggle emotionally and physically and spiritually, uh, but it will be one of the great memories of our lives. And I'm guessing uh, that the most important things in your life have required struggle of some kind. As we'll see in the coming weeks, our ancestors in the faith were no strangers to struggle in their spiritual journey. And that is, uh, that's a truth that can inspire us and give us hope and confidence in our faith. So before we read our scripture for today, we need to set the stage. Uh, The book of Joshua is set immediately after God's people had wandered in the wilderness for a generation. Uh, For 40 years, they had wandered that time period after uh, God had given the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. And, and Moses had died and handed over the reins of leadership to Joshua. Joshua had led the people across the River Jordan. Uh, the book of Joshua is the story of the conquest and occupation of the promised land, a conquest that, uh, we're told, was incomplete. It turns out that the people don't like when you move into their neighborhood and claim their land as your own. Go figure. By the end of the book of Joshua, the Israelites are are living among those who had been there long before them. And from this point forward, uh, there will be this uneasy tension between the Israelites and the groups of people living in the promised land. But um, God's people are, are where God promised they would be. So that is Uh, the good news. The bad news is that God's people are now living among those who don't believe in God. They're living among those who who put their faith in idols. Uh, They're living among those with very different values. And some of God's people begin to stray from God and and turn to the idols of their new neighbors. The, The struggle begins. And so shortly before his death, Joshua decides to renew the covenant that they had made with God on Mount Sinai and challenge the people to remain faithful in this new context. That's where we're going to pick up the story. Uh, This is Joshua speaking very near the end of the book that bears his name. 
Um, the bulletin says we're going to read a whole bunch of verses. Don't worry, I'm going to skip over several. Right now we're going to read verses 23, uh, chapter 23, verse 14, through just the first verse of the 24th chapter. So listen, friends, for the word of God, as it is proclaimed by God's servant, the author of Joshua. And this is Joshua speaking to the people. And now I am about to go the way of all the earth, and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one thing has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. But just as all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the bad things until he has destroyed you from this good land that the Lord your God has given you. If you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he enjoined on you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land that he has given to you. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So it's become our tradition over the past few years to, to highlight particular biblical characters uh, during our back-to-school sermon series. Our idea is to sort of chronologically um, survey some of the key figures of the Old and New Testaments to learn some of the basic characters of our faith tradition as our kids head back to school and as we, and as we all begin uh, a new year in our Sunday school classes and Bible studies and small groups. And so we, we started this uh, three years ago with Adam and Eve for that first year. Makes sense, the first characters in the Bible. And then we talked about Abraham and Sarah uh, two years ago. Um, and then last year we spent a month with Moses and Miriam. And now we've come to a particular moment in the history of Israel, a moment um, that we actually don't talk about all that much. I have very rarely preached on this period of our faith history. We've come to that era in Israel's history after our faith ancestors have reached the promised land, but before the tribes were united into a kingdom. Uh, and this was a 200-year period when God's people uh, struggled. They struggled with division among themselves. They struggled with the temptation of turning to false gods. They struggled with the very basics of keeping the covenant that they had made with God at Mount Sinai. Now, given the biblical record as it stands, it's tough to tell exactly how long it took to occupy and settle the land under Joshua's leadership. Scripture doesn't tell us specifically. It was probably about five to seven years of, of war, of like armed conflict, and then another 20 years or so of settlement, Joshua's leadership probably lasted about 25 years. That's roughly the period of time covered by the book of Joshua. And Joshua, it seems, at the end of his tenure, at the end of his era, uh, could see the writing on the wall. After entering into a covenant with God at Mount Sinai, God's people had expectantly waited for a full generation to get to the promised land, and they knew that things would be wonderful when they got there. 
But as so often happens, uh, when we build something up in our heads, the, the reality did not quite match the expectation. Conquering the land was harder than they expected, and then living among peoples with different faiths was more difficult than they expected. The idols and false gods all around them were more tempting than they expected. And Joshua, because he was an astute leader, saw their struggle, having perhaps expected nothing but sunshine and roses, uh, or milk and honey, to use the biblical metaphor, in the promised land, uh, Joshua now saw these troubling signs. Some of God's people, and these are people who had been saved by the one and only God and had been delivered from slavery by the one and only God and had been sustained in the wilderness by the one and only God, some of them started to question at this point whether or not they needed this God anymore. Because let's face it, (laughs) the spiritual life is not always easy. Faithful living can be a struggle, as in uh, difficult and requiring great effort as does everything truly worth having. Joshua knew the people needed some kind of spiritual renewal in this moment. He knew they needed some sort of, of new start. And so shortly before his death, he gathered all of God's people and he challenged them and he, and he summarized, these are the verses I'm skipping over, he summarized all that God had done from them, uh, for them from Abraham to Moses uh, through the time in the wilderness, to the conquest of the promised land, to the moment at which they now stood. Those are all the verses we're not going to read. And they issued them a challenge. A challenge and an encouragement to embrace the struggle. Uh, because the most precious things in our lives are ours only through struggle. Choose wisely, he says. God loves you enough to allow you the choice. You have to love yourself enough to choose wisely. So uh, let's pick up the story from there. Uh, Joshua chapter 24, it's gonna be verses 13 through 15. At the very beginning here, this is God speaking to God's people through Joshua. I gave you a land on which you had not labored and towns that you had not built and you live in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive yards that you did not plant. And now this is Joshua speaking to his people. Now therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. So we're calling this year's uh, Back to School series The Struggle Bus because it accurately describes this 200-year period of our faith history. The era of Joshua had been struggle enough, but then after Joshua's death would come uh, a pretty dark period in our faith history. The book of Judges, which immediately follows the book of Joshua, records a depressing cycle. So so God's people um, stray from their faith 
forgetting the covenant responsibilities to God and each other, and then things get bad, sometimes really bad. And so what do the people do? Well, they, they cry out to God for a new leader, and God answers because that's what God does, and then things get good for a while, sometimes very good, and then what do the people do again? <laughs> they stray again. And for two centuries, God's people will be stuck on the struggle bus through their own doing, mind you. That's both the blessing and the curse of free will. And so in the coming weeks, we're going to focus on two of the many leaders that God raises up during this era. We're going to focus on Deborah and Samson, leaders who will come to be known as the judges. And cards on the table here. If I were to rank the books of the Bible, um, one through 66, (laughs) one being my favorite and the best, which is the Gospel of John, it's just true, to to my least favorite, um, honestly, the book of Judges would be, would be pretty far down the list. It, it might even come in at number 66. Uh, in fact, I have preached precisely zero sermons <laughs> in all of my years of ministry on this book that we're focusing on for the next three weeks because it's pretty violent in places. And it, and it repeats the same disheartening cycle over and over and over again. And I much prefer to talk about Jesus and grace and forgiveness and the way that we're supposed to live as Christians. And yet, I'm excited about this series because there is great power in the stories of our faith ancestors who endured tremendous struggles and still persevered. And how did they persevere? Well, it was through the power of God working in their lives. Don't so many of the most precious things in life, I'm talking about the things that we value the most, don't the most important and worthy things require struggle in this sense? For example, uh, there's nothing in my life that is more important than my faith in Christ. But anyone who's been a disciple for any amount of time knows that following him is difficult and requires great struggle, even if you just skim the Gospels, you know that that's been true from the very beginning, starting with the the first 12 disciples. The struggles that we face in life and in faith are, are many, and personally I say thank God for that because the most precious and important endeavors, endeavors of our lives require it. I'm talking about um, struggles about what we believe and about how faith should uh, guide and shape our lives. I'm talking about struggles during seasons of grief and loss. I'm talking about struggles uh, when we're journeying through a season of emotional difficulty or struggles with relationships that are the best part of our lives but that require the most work. I'm talking about struggles with unfulfilled expectations when, when something in our life is not what we expected or hoped it would be. The list goes on and on and on because the struggle bus is real <laughs> and we're all stuck on it at one point or another. But Joshua reminds us of our choice. His words that have rung down through the millennia remind us of the the one in whom we should put our trust and our faith, the one who has never let God's people down and who won't start now. 
When we struggle in life or in faith, there is always one who is standing with us and walking with us and loving us unconditionally and eternally. And whenever I I read our text for this morning, particularly the end of that last verse, I think of all the many ways I've seen that phrase uh, displayed over the years. I've seen it on coffee mugs. I've seen it on decorative signs. I've seen it on wall decals. I've seen it on bumper stickers. Um, it's a particular favorite of decorative pillows for some reason. I don't know if you guys, maybe all, some of y'all have a decorative pillow with this phrase on it. If you Google it, you'll find an incredible variety of ways to, to help you remember this life-giving verse from deep in our faith tradition. And it's worth having, I think, somewhere. It's worth memorizing, in my opinion. It's worth treasuring. Because the struggle will come. Life and faith will get complicated. There will come a time when we'll have to proceed with difficulty and with great effort. And and when that time comes, Joshua reminds us of who is with us in the struggle. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen.